0: 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, a retrospective podcast, brought to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Welcome to the Dark Ages. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. My name is Nathan. And I'm Bib. And uh, how are you today, Bob?
1: doing pretty good there nate
0: how you doing <laughs> i will be perfectly honest with you i'm good i'm okay but i was like do i really want to record a fucking podcast right now like these were thoughts that went through my head it's been quite the hell of a week so yeah
1: just upstairs sideways. I came the,
0: yeah just you know the world's on fire but uh i was like no we got a podcast to do you know well, they come here to hear about vampire books. <laughs> I
1: just I just take it as its form of entertainment, right? That's what it is, yeah. what we provide. You knuckle down, head forward, um, and yeah, stuff's bad. It's In short, we all know how it goes. It's not going to get yeah. better immediately. So um, just do the best you can, right? And let's uh, focus.
0: So speaking of focus, what book are we reviewing today, Bob?
1: Today is The Road of Heaven.
0: Road of heaven. Um, And before we get into that review, I would like to go full circle and offer thanks to our new uh, Patreon backers. Thank you to, I'm going to call you George99, even though that says J-O-R-G, and I'm not sure if that's how it's pronounced, but you know who you are. Uh, George Dolby, pronounced and spelled the proper way, I believe. Preston Wall and Jared West. Thank you all. For backing us, and uh, we appreciate you supporting us.
1: Nate said thank you. I was a little stunned. <laughs> it's uh, it's all right. It's uh, we're good. Thank thank you, everybody.
0: Why were you stunned?
1: I, w- I was stunned. There was just uh, certain things, certain names, it was triggered. It's like, hmm. You ever notice in the world, it's a hell of a coincidence. Like you never, it does. It feels like you never meet different people at a point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like the names yeah. keep resurging up, and you're like, oh well, people can have different names.
0: Yeah, I don't think it is a different name.
1: Look, uh, I'm not, I, hey, whoa, what are you doing?
0: I'm just saying, leave, I leave. don't necessarily agree with you. Leave, Look, leave I think it, it was time we break down this podcast, all right? Let's have a disagreement here.
1: No, I'm kidding. That's, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, hey, let's thank everybody. Just a weird moment. Yeah,
0: I oh, By the way, I don't have any questions at all. I, I've done no research on such things. So if you have questions, this would be a great time to send them to us. And we'll answer them for you on our podcast. <laughs> um,
1: I did have a question. Oh, sweet! Cool, and it's uh, it's not what you think. It's not like everybody was like, "Hey, this would be great to be answered." It's when it constantly comes up. What it is is that people find themselves Nate, when they're when they're playing a game. There's a there's a line I noticed where what what is fun, right? Fun mm-hmm. to me is when everybody's laughing, having a good time at the end of the session. You hear, "Oh, it was a good game," right? That to me is yeah. genuine fun. Then there's yeah. the other fun, where we get to the end of the session, it's dead quiet. Right, Whether it's right. tabletop or live action. And, and you're like, the storyteller's like, hey, did everybody have a good time? I sure did. everybody else? And they're like, yeah. Yeah, we did. <laughs> right. It was fun. Right. And, then, you know, whatever. That weird face of, well, clearly you didn't have fun. Because <laughs> there's not a smile to be had in what's going on. And what that is is that uh, I think people go through a lot
0: mm-hmm.
1: in game. And I think there's a problem with in and out of character. Folks will say no. Well, let's put it this way. Let me get the question out. Here's the question succinctly. Yeah. How do you handle keeping with in character and out of character as the storyteller dealing with your troop?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question, because uh, um, to be totally honest with you, before we started doing this podcast, I don't know that it was something I was even concretely aware of. Like, I, I had seen and observed in certain situations where people would get upset. Or get angry, frustrated with other players outside of game for things that happened in game, and I think my default for many years was just like, "Hey, let's keep it separate." That was it. That was because I, I didn't understand it, I, and and I'll I'll so help peer people to,
1: peer
0: to yeah, right. So so I'll help people to understand. Like for me, I've I have never had a problem with differentiating between the in character and the out of character. For me, it was just something when I started playing. I understood, like if I were playing Monopoly, I'm not going to end a friendship over something that happens in Monopoly. I'm just not, you know, I've played games so heated that my entire family got up from the table, but they were still my family. So that's where I came from. And unfortunately, I think in a lot of ways, my perspective was only my own. I only understood me and I assumed everybody else was the same. But doing this podcast, putting us in contact with a wider group of people, has taught me that, no, everyone is not like me. Not everybody thinks like me, has had the same experiences as me. And I knew that from a logical perspective, but I didn't understand it from a gaming perspective. Um, so I think the way that I've learned to handle it in the ensuing years is I just try to check in with people. Um, if, if we're playing a game online, uh, it's very easy for me. What I'll do is, you know, I'll send the player a private message, You know, if I notice something, maybe I'm not the most observant, so sometimes I won't notice. But if I do notice like a player is slow to respond or they're getting curt or, you know, I just notice something change in their presentation as a player, I'll try to reach out to them. Hey, is everything okay? Are you good? What's going on? Check in with them because, you know, I want to know, are they okay? Are we is has the game gone past their boundaries? Has someone pissed them off? Um, But in tabletop, I try to just check in with people, Um, you know, just verbally. Like, all right, is everybody cool? We're going to take a quick break. Does anybody need to bring anything to the table? And I always, always, always after a session, I just go, let's have it out now. I want you guys to talk about anything that you didn't understand or you're mad about right now. Let's decompress. Let's have the post-mortem of the game right. and figure it out and then move on from there. So that, that's usually how I handle it.
1: The, uh, and I, I actually applaud that. That's, uh, that's a more than good way to handle it. Um, what I can tell you is, is that I've, I've dealt with it forever. And I think I naturally do the exact process you're talking about, which is mm-hmm. to figure it out. There's a misconception, though, that I battle constantly. No matter how many times you say it, as a storyteller, your players will never be open with you. They won't. They're human beings. They yeah. have they have their issues. They have reason, they don't like confrontation. They don't want to be singled out. They don't wanna they, they they don't know how to find a neutral way to tell you what their issue is without giving offense. And they wanna be they want to be polite about it, so they won't. So they'll wait and wait and wait and wait until a grand opportunity hits for that to be known. Problem is frustration builds and yeah. festers. And then when they have that opportunity, it often comes out as negative. And so what I have to say is, is that I, I, I've had to learn that as a storyteller, that is your character. I may be Bob and I may be a storyteller, but I, I it's too church and state. When I'm a storyteller, completely neutral, I don't recognize your outbursts as outbursts as anything other than a moment to pause to find out what's going on and address if it's game-related or out-of-game-related. If it's out-of-game-related, I'll excuse you from the table and take care of your business. Right? That's because we have to keep a level of, of fun. There has to be a fun zone. And right. in the fun zone, we don't get offended if our friend tries to do something counter to what we wanted to do in game, because we understand each other. And we understand right. that we should be able to ask them, Hey, why are you doing that? It just seems real real shitty. And then you explain and go, Oh, because you're a shithead. Okay, I get it. <laughs> Alright, no problem. And you should be able to go, Oh man, you sneaky guy. Um and, and be totally okay with it. And that's in a perfect world. Um I've read and spoke to people who believe in a more bespoke style of calling it bleed. Um yeah, great. I don't do that, and uh, here's, here's to the core why. To um, so the people I've spoken with after, that's a, that's a regional thing. Not, not been my experience. I find that when people take their characters too serious, for instance, they make it themselves, I have a total issue with it. And what I mean by that is, is like someone's playing and they roll some dice, and you can always tell because if it's a box, they take it really, really bad. Right, yeah. and they're looking at the storyteller like, Oh, yeah, I'm gonna get screwed over, my plans are done, blah 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 blah. And as an ST, most likely, I won't make that a botch. I'd sound a success by any stretch, but I'm not in a critical moment, I'm not gonna let a die dictate their clear emotional attachment to what's going on. I'll put a yeah. band-aid on that. Let it be what it is. And uh, because to me, a botch can be fun, and a lot of times it's a fun opportunity for me as a player. I assume that as a storyteller, given what yeah. am I saying? What I'm saying is that people are from varied levels of life. Very different raisings and motivational experiences and emotional experiences. And as a storyteller, yes, you're telling the story. Yes, you're in charge. But you have to be aware first and foremost that when a player starts developing an attachment to their character so strongly that they chastise you. right? And and these here's some signs. This is what I mean. It's not just chastise you about what's going on in-game with their character. That happens and that's crossing the line in my opinion. Because uh, mm-hmm. I'm telling the story, if you want to do well or not in something, then do it. Um, but the cross between this is where my character needs to do this, my character needs to do that, and you're not paying enough attention to me, and you need to understand this person sucks compared to me, and then they do things like, let me talk to you on the side of why everyone's holding me back. And and, and <laughs> stuff like that. Um, that person needs to take a break.
0: Yeah. And, I, and I'm only laughing because like I've I know where you're coming from. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know a specific person that I care to mention her name uh, or people, but yeah, I, I mean, oh, on a long enough timeline, you begin to encounter every type of personality and I'm, I'm laughing because it, it resonates right. as, as the children say.
1: And so that question is, is something for me to you? I mean, obviously it's an ongoing thing. I would say that's the biggest obstacle of being a storyteller mm-hmm. and the most uncomfortable. It's the fact yeah. that people put their heart into this, but the same people that don't, right? There's there's a, there's a disparity here. It's the same coin. For those who say, oh, well, they just gave me take it way too seriously. Okay. That's a harsh crit- critique. To me, I will take 100 people who emotionally get attached to their character over one person who is nonplussed about even being there. It's I'm just it's, dismissive
0: of the entire thing.
1: Right. I'm just here having fun because you look up acting. That's what you're doing. Any actor will yeah. be attached yeah. to a role. Right. It's yeah. that simple. Right. We're just providing that game element of going. Let's have happy time. And that's it. And there should be a mix. And um, so what I'm saying is, is that when you uh, when you deal with that effort, not to make this because it's not the podcast for it, but uh, pointing out those are just some ideas of how to conquer that. And it's something I've been asked actually quite a bit lately. And uh, I've just the, the podcast makes it real easy to reach everybody.
0: Yeah. No. <laughs> and, and you're absolutely right. And I think that um something that's really important that I think some people miss and also so especially a lot of storytellers have a struggle with is that sometimes the interpretation of the player and the interpretation of the storyteller are not going to match up and what i mean by that is not every storyteller is the right storyteller for every player and not every and not every player is the right player for your group and i think that one of the biggest most difficult responsibilities that it is imp- imperative for a storyteller to learn and even a player is to understand when sometimes this just isn't going to work, you know, and no one likes that. No one likes quitting jobs. No one likes breaking up with, uh, you know, girlfriends, boyfriends, etc. These are not fun things, but sometimes you have to come to a point where you go, this player and the rest of the players at my table and me, are never going to be cohesive. We're never going to work out because we're just we dancing to a different tune. We're completely out of whack. And it's important to know that sometimes you just have to go, maybe this isn't the game for you. Maybe we aren't the group for you. Maybe I'm not the storyteller for you. And cut your losses. And hopefully you can do it before it breaks down into an aggressive, yelling, emotional scenario. Because those suck even more than trying to let somebody go from a job or <laughs> right. you know, c- quit a, a, a church group or anything like that. It sucks when you have to try to justify what you do to a player and that player or vice versa. That storyteller is totally unreasonable and wants to attack you, wants to tell you, you know, you're wrong. I don't need your shit. You know, those are bad. So my advice is truly try to avoid that, you know, try to recognize when it's time to cut your losses, and move forward with your game so that everyone can have a good time, not just you or one person.
1: I agree. Completely.
0: Yeah, and, you know, then go to heaven. Or, it would, know, well, now we, to will roll, to heaven. we will
1: walk the road of heaven right now.
0: Right, right. Right, right now. <laughs> walk it. Um,
1: There's a place in the book. Begins yeah. begins in chapter one.
0: So, so I had to get some things out of the way real quick. Um, there, are some, there are some terms in here I was not quite familiar with. Um, one of them is a word or a term called the gospel of, and this is how it's spelled, L-A-O-D-I-C-E, which to me says Lodice, but that's not how it's pronounced. It's pronounced Odyssey. So there you go. Also, the via, what is this? C-A-E-L-I? It's Chaley. The road of heaven. All right. Uh, it has a u- kind of a unique start for one of these pathbooks, um, in in that it it offers a story of a uh, crusader, uh, I believe, who wakes up in the camp of um, a member of, I believe, the Ashira. Right?
1: Um, I don't, I don't really know. I, I I didn't get that. I uh, here's here's why I didn't get that. And uh, the character in the book is real non-giving mm-hmm. of their stances on anything, right? We don't know what yeah. they're doing. We don't know what they're looking to. We just know that they're playing host, right? Right. And uh, it's, it's it's just me. I, I I don't like labeling someone just because they seem to fit a thing. I don't even know if that sure. guy's immortal, right? Uh, That's yeah.
0: That first story, I kind of got that too. But as the as the story went, I, I maybe I'm jumping ahead. i Um. But um. Yeah. In the first story, you don't really know. You don't really know who's who or what's what. Um, but why I thought it was unique um, was that uh, it does something I don't think any of the other books we've read so far does as far as the road books where that conversation, that story carries on into the chapter, the first chapter. So it's not just like, basically what I'm saying is you can't just skip that that first intro story and go into chapter one because then you won't know what's going on.
1: Right. Right. And uh, that's uh that's the draw of it. I mean, the book in the intro story was what I like to call um, more than good. It, it mm-hmm. like like they're doing here with the roads. It feels like that story teaches you the book um, in a way. Not, not everybody learns the same. I think it attacks a learning style that one I agree with. It's it's less it's less just show you and hopefully you get it. It's it's sort of a show and tell. Let me let right. me demonstrate what we're getting at with the purpose of this book. And uh, the crusader to uh, his host, his Saracen host, as the as he calls him, um, seems to be. Well, everything about about that book, even from pointing out prejudices that people believe in religion and whatnot to dispelling the fact that the road of heaven is about um, Catholics, mm-hmm. right? That's This is basically thrown out the window. And in fact, I would challenge that yeah. this isn't at all a book about how to be religious, so to speak. It's it's right. about how to be a, a vampire who believes in God. Yeah,
0: And that's the interesting thing about this is that it is really just, truthfully about the the Canites who are faithful and they're faithful because even your pagans are introduced and, and sort of talked about and we've talked about them in previous material but even the pagans who don't believe in maybe the God or you know maybe they believe in many gods, it's just about faith. The road of heaven isn't necessarily about Jesus Christ or you know Allah or any of those things it's about being faithful.
1: And what I enjoy about it is that they definitely go into the fact they're called Nadas. That's, mm-hmm. that's one of the things to understand because it's from a Canaan perspective. And uh, they talk about the three darknesses from whence, uh, whence they came. How, how the curse of God was not mm-hmm. that. And that's the thing I want to point out. When we say of faith, it's that is about following the road. But they definitely believe in God. That's, that's right. the point. That no matter if you're... Like a pagan can have a pantheon and multiple homages to the aspects of... Of how they, Many
0: roads to the same source
1: Right, that's exactly what it says And it's something that will resonate with anyone who's played mage And they look at a chorister The Celestial Chorus, mm-hmm. it's the same philosophy Except the philosophy is broken down and put in this book and that format And yeah. maybe easier to digest I would add, because when, yeah. it, when it talks about The fact that whether you're Jewish, uh, Muslim um, Excuse me Any, any religion They yeah. say that you're all paying homage to the same entity We don't know what it is, how could we? However, right. We do know that we exist as vampires. We do know that there was Cain. We know that, right. that that existed. And we know that that land is where all this comes from. And because of that, they, they outlined how one can walk the road and that we're all together in it. Right.
0: So I got a question for you um, just to kind of test a trivia question for you. And I don't know the answer to this. Um, I did a very cursory amount of investigating, but I really couldn't find anything. Do you know if the Book of Threefold Darkness is uh, like a game book? Is that printed anywhere? Is that like, did we go over that? Am I forgetting? Um, or is that just something that's sort of mentioned, um, but never really printed?
1: I don't think it ever really, they ever really got into it. The Book of Threefold Darkness, well, this book gets into it and it talks about the threefold darkness. I think this is the book that it says they say they mm-hmm. learned it from a book that is outlined for it but really they describe yeah. it here right in the passage that's there so i that's what i took that this is the book that it's in and you would know about it if you're not a follower of the road of heaven uh, because right. that's where it's dictated and like maybe somebody wrote it or what have you and obviously that's 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 what they want you to believe and that the manuscript is even what they're reading to you based on it
0: yeah uh, and, and, um, when we talk kind of like about how the initial story leads into this one, so uh, this, they start going over different passages of this gospel of Laodicea, the book of threefold darkness, and they kind of present us with an interesting, like book of nod type of scenario right. where there's these parables and passages that are written. And then like we've seen in road of the beast and you know road of the Kings, you have, um, people that are on the path or people that are um, contrary to the path commenting on it. But then we get back into the narrative fiction where the two characters are then (laughs) commenting on the passages and and the comments. So I thought that that was really cool and unique. And you don't really see that a lot in these books, that like third degree of separation into the world.
1: It's good because it makes you feel like you're reading a movie. Yeah, that's that's what I felt. I got that strong feel. like I could clearly the writer did an awesome job because I yeah. easily could see it. It was easy to read, easy to understand. Um, but that, that threefold darkness, I want to see what your take on it is, because it's even written with a philosophical debate. Like, what's your take? And what right. I read was there's a darkness all things came from. But it's uncontestable that the earth came from the darkness. Right. Mm-hmm. However, that also means man came from the darkness. And accordingly, man was not meant to be pure. You were not meant to be a pure beacon of light at all times. In fact, that darkness you came from no doubt resonates within you, which is a second darkness. And because that darkness is in you, it is up to you uh, to to choose to walk a higher road. And Mm -hmm. there's also the third darkness, which if your origin is dark and that darkness is in you, all around you, you're going to see that darkness you exist in. And so what it's talking about is that we know you come... It's almost in another way. We know you come from a land of sin where there was Mm -hmm. no law. There was no one to say what you did is bad. In other other words, even better, you come from chaos. And accordingly, you're placed in a body that was supposed to contain order. However, some of that chaos is within you. That's where you come from. All around you, it's going to seem chaotic. However, you are not abandoned. There Mm -hmm. is a source of light that is the creator... And the creator will come to you in your worst hour and in in whenever you need as bad as it gets to be that light to remind you there's a way home. And right. that's the philosophy of the threefold darkness I took. What did you think of it?
0: Um, well, you know, I, I think that uh, um, a lot of what you say it rings true in that regard. Um, I felt that it, it is uh, one of the cool things I liked about how um, they when they put someone on the, the road, um, one of those concepts is you have to learn to live in darkness as long as you lived in light, you know, yeah. where basically you, they, they want in some interpretations, the cool thing about road to heaven, and I'm sorry, I'm sort of stuttering over my words here and getting ahead of myself, but I think it's a really cool road because there is so met, so much diversity of thought and even the interpretation of like, okay, well, I've got to live Uh, A a full mortal life. I've got to live as long as I was alive. I have to exist undead before I can be a member of this path uh, or or walk this road rather and be actually an initiate. And some people just say, oh, well, you just have to be a, a vampire. Others say you have to be on this path before you officially you have to be seeking salvation. And I think that it's really an interesting thing that White Wolf tends to do where they lay you out sort of this concrete ideology and then they go, but look at all the space in between we've given you because this same road is the road that spawns the, um, the canine heresy, you know, the road of heaven. These, these are people who are just as devout, but they're not. So yeah, that threefold darkness, I think that the cool part about that and the philosophy behind this road is how much room you have for interpretation and even what it means to be virtuous what it means to let your beast out what it means to hold your beast is it sin is it something that's built in you know the ashira don't believe the same about the beast as the the christian european canites do so to me i i just i think it's cool because you can really sit down and really come up with an intricate concept for a character and. As long as you fit within the very basic concepts, you're not going to be wrong. You just have to basically build your road and follow it
1: and this and this thing is a, is a terrifying fact of what uh what I've been enjoying about the roads is being able to see where the paths come from yeah, right and there's a reason they're called nottice right That pursuit gets more focused right and gets more evolved, I would like to say um, the aspects in here that threefold darkness, even that carries over. Um, if you remember the divine tide for Montreal by night, um uh-huh. you can easily see the threefold darkness must have been the basis, uh, yeah. for what they what they use to create what they become,
0: yeah, I, honestly, the religious rites and the rituals and um you know, all of the different little aspects of the religious portion of this path, I was like, every every paragraph, I'm like, i I see I see so much of the Sabbat in this. I see how this can become something like that. How. The the earnest, willful um, belief of God can become something that's dark and twisted, and sort of wither on the vine and turn into the Sabbat.
1: Right, and uh, that's that's one of the cool things about this book in its entirety. Honestly, is uh this this book? It's a misnomer. You you read Road of Heaven, you think not evil. Um, no, they have confessions. Mm-hmm. I want to tell you that. It's just as abusive to canines as it isn't to anyone else. And they have some brutal contrition rites that you know happen. They actually yeah. don't go into, these are the contrition rites you can do. They don't need to. Because just as varied as the sins are, that you bring to, quote unquote, the confessor, as they call them, that's the confession rites you're going to have to perform to make it right. And if you commit a cardinal sin, well, um, you're, you're going to have to do something equally epic. <laughs> Right uh, to be to be forgiven for that, and, and and to achieve God's forgiveness through doing it, and that's what's hardcore about it. And be afraid, because remember, when they're talking about God, they're not talking about necessarily any one single perception of it. So you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what you think a, a hardcore pagan might decide if that's a confessor. You know, <laughs> right. oh, I've, I I killed this person. It was a crime of passion. I was guilty because I. You know, lust was the was the avenue that turned to hunger and my beast tore it apart. And uh, I, I've, I've sinned, I've sinned. And and the pagan mm-hmm. might go, well, time for contrition, right? As for we're going right. to string bones through your body and hang you up for X amount of days in a cellar crying to no one as long as you can recite blah, blah, blah.
0: Right, and no, and yeah. that's if, you know, you, you. Uh, they talk about the keepers and, and those that kind of like keep the path uh, or the, the different paths of the road on the street and narrow. But what if you're on a path where, Uh, your whole ideology is about like self-flagellation and like you're, you are always, you're constantly contrite just for being a vampire. One of the most interesting experiences I ever had playing uh, in the dark ages was playing a character who was on that path, who was like, I screwed up time to beat myself. And not just because like, I wanted to play that stereotype and kind of wonk it up, but like just the reaction of other people who, wouldn't see these things as sins where that character was like, no, it is a sin that I've put myself here and I need to prostrate myself before God to atone for my own sins. And people are like, no, 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 no. You didn't, you didn't sin. You're fine. You're fine. And I'm like, you don't get to decide that for me. That's between me and God. And so now I must atone, you know, cause everybody else is like, dude, why isn't he punishing himself? He didn't even do anything. He just, and I'm like, you don't know what the character's thoughts are. You don't know, where the character finds their own sin so yeah i think that's a really interesting concept just in general
1: i, I think the acting portion of that is uh the, you're talking about the path of the martyr uh that's mm-hmm. in there that, of, of the road here and, and that martyr is uh that's going to be hard for anyone to watch everyone has empathy right that plays the game and when you go to whip yourself with a cat of nine tails and you're not mortal, right you can rip the flesh from Which your just to be just, just to
0: be clear, in case anybody ever had the question, no, Nate never actually did that. This is all, you know, it's a game. We play the game. That's it.
1: The characters, I'm referring to the <laughs> right, characters. Right, right. <laughs> we'll make an effort to remember that, but it's the characters. Um, but right. when you when you do that, you're gonna have people at the table, even out of game, uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Because they don't want you to have to do that, and it's that simple. And I mean, you see that a lot. Writing yeah. games like these, this this what this promotes, and that's how you know though that's a sign that you're role playing well. I'm not saying that you should freak them out all the time. But as as Nate, you outlined, you had to have a reason for it. Right. Now, just as like it's, it's on you to determine that, it's also on you to educate. Right? Why are right. you whipping yourself? Because it's a sin. No, 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 that's not a sin. Here's why it is a sin. And then that's that. That's the conversation. But they should know where you stand. In other words, make them a part of the understanding, and it suddenly becomes an awesome part of the story versus just someone's reason to freak people out.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Being disgusting for just the purposes of being disgusting, I think is a little immature. Uh, however, you can make a great character on that concept, but that's something else. That's not this book. That's not this road, right? This, this is honestly, to me, it's a very, it's a very somber, very solemn road that really definitely takes itself seriously. Cause how couldn't it <laughs> like, like right. it's, it, it's, it's the road of heaven. It's not the road of like, man, you know, whatever.
1: Uh, there's a, there's a ton of things that help uh, keep that guideline too. Yeah. One of the cool things about this path is they talk about directly people switching paths and what that is. And the monumental effort it is. And they believe in sponsors. Yeah. That's unusual. Now, why I mean unusual is because, Bob, you guys said before, previous podcast, talking about a road, um, that they, your sire is the one who would teach you or it would be someone who comes up and claims you and they're going to help you walk the path till you get on it. And I was like, well, you're right. But when they refer to sponsors here, it's deep. What it means right. is, is that, all right, you're going to convert. You're, Let's say I'm an elder gang girl, and I'm in the wild, and I realize that I just killed my fifth farm family this month. and Because it's my land, but I, I'm out of blood. i got to get under control. And someone's like, well, have you thought of our Savior? And then I listen to them. I'm like, you mean the Christian Savior? Who said I was Christian? And then they right. have a chat. And somehow that road of heaven adherent opens up my eyes to what another path is, and it rings with me as hope. And he says, that's great. You have interest? Sure. Let me bring you to the congregation. And now, the next meetup, we'll call it church for lack of a better term, they come together. And as they do, you you stand up and announce, this is uh, Bob rubs his butt with pine cones. He was in the woods killing people. Um, He's here now uh, because he doesn't want to have to rub his butt with pine cones anymore. And he (laughs) he wants to understand and find his way to salvation. And everyone looks and they're like, oh, good. Well, Naticus, do you do you feel that he can learn? And Nate says, "Well, I do know when we talked, he definitely wants to. Yeah. Whether he does or now, not is up to him." And now let's
0: let's give him thirty years and see how things go,
1: and maybe thirty years. Yeah, right, right. right? It, it it depends, right? What I love about that is he has to go through a confirmation, is what mm-hmm. they're talking about, and they don't necessarily assign a time for it. Uh, what right. they do is is that though it's it's all about you genuinely believing that this path, this road is for you, that you can find salvation through, i.e., I, you believe in God. It's a mm-hmm. real thing with you. And, of course, they're canines. They can tell. And so when the sponsor feels you're ready, and that could be 30 years or 300, depending on what it is, that sponsor's with you the entire time, right? And then he brings you forward when you're ready, and hopefully you have a confirmation. It's all good. You're on your own. But then everybody finally recognizes you as a member of the road. Now, where this goes off, they also have a failing period that's very deadly. If
0: yeah. you're
1: with that sponsor, and you know technically you're walking the road as an adherent, and you're trying to do it, and they're telling you the philosophies, and one night Bob rubs his butt with pine cones, and goes screw it, it's farming village, I'm just going to kill him. Why I'm hungry, I'll I'll come in a tone later. I'll see you later. And Naticus goes, oh. He goes back to the congregation. Bobicus doesn't see Nate the next night, or the right. next, or the next, and suddenly. 15 members of that congregation show up with stakes, spears and torches and are all around Bob when he wakes up. And what happened? You've been found wanting and we now must correct a mistake. Right. You know, and it's your mistake.
0: Yeah. It's it's very interesting too how how they kind of like handle that. Um, You know, they, they have no problem with the exception of one path uh, about dealing with adherence of um, other, I'm sorry, not path road, other roads. Um, Those that leave the road of heaven to, you know, go and join another road, that's a little bit different because think about it like this. You're telling these adherents, you're telling these faithful who we will just use the term God, who have given themselves to the light of, of God, who have committed themselves to faith. You're now telling them, eh, yeah, I don't really care. I'm forsaking your God. I'm forsaking my God. Screw it. I'm gonna go right. join Rhoda Kings. Mm, mm, yeah, that's not gonna go over too well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we got Ashton Priest. there's a there's a story here. We are canites. Right. That's uh there's a lot there's a lot going on there. And uh well, why do they do that? Well according to this, like any well, like anything in life, if you they're not clubs. Right. These aren't clubs. You need to get a membership at the gym and decide another gym has benefits and you jump and shop to get your sweat on. I don't know what this is. What this is, is a way of existence, of life. They're devoted to it. And whenever you have fanatics, you have realism. right? What I mean by that is, it gets gritty. You can't just lip service or belly up to the bar. You have to do the rights. You will follow their ways. That's the point. And you're supposed to walk that road or attempting to walk that road as much as can. And if you could turn around and say, you know it's not for me, deuces. Well, you're making enemies of the people you were walking with. Because you're burning a bridge.
0: Yeah. And the the beauty part about this book is that all of those details, um, because for me, like, you know, uh, what you believe is what you believe. That's cool. I'm not a religious person. So for me, I basically know what I watch on TV. You know, that's about it. Um, But for me, like, getting a better understanding, obviously, it's different for vampires. um, But just getting a basic understanding of how one would convert to or how one would become enlightened to, uh, this, this road, you know, coming to God, which is basically right. First, first paragraph. Um, it's pretty well laid out here, how you go about finding, uh, joining and becoming faithful uh, to this road. And it is pretty straightforward. Um, and you know, it's, we have all the game related stuff, the, the sort of worship and knowledge that's bequeathed upon us from the book And then chapter two, we get pretty much the straight dope. Like, how do you join this road? How do you get on it? You know, whether it's, as Bob had said, through your sire, whether it's through apostasy, like um, wipes his butt with uh, pine cones, Mm. Um, you know, all of that. It's pretty well laid out here. Um, Only a little criticism I have. It's great information. Wonderful. Little bit of a dry read for me. I don't know if you experienced the same thing, but I kind of like yeah, I got like halfway through and I was like, I'm going to take a little pause and put the book down. I'm come back to it tomorrow.
1: <laughs> I, I didn't feel it was dry because it's, it's talking in depth about how to be. It's what everybody asks for. Yeah. If I'm going to walk a road, how do I do it? And right. you, here it is. Here's a step-by-step. It's exactly what you're looking for. If you were looking for less, don't read as much. And that's, yeah. uh, that's where it goes. Or if you're looking to experience it versus understand it, then uh, immediately, then don't read it and, and inform your storytelling. And I think they appease both by including that there. Yeah, in, uh, they yeah.
0: definitely do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, it, it kind of like, um, if if I haven't taken my, if if I'm post-medication, <laughs> 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 I, I, like, I got to put the book down. I'm falling asleep. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's just reading in general. I think. For sure, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it is, honestly, it's as much information that I would ever want to have In a path In a modern time that we really Never get we never really get Like to me and and This is a little divergent this is a little off topic But for me in you know The V20 and before I, I, I loved the Path of enlightenment and I think that They should have been more of a focus And I understand maybe why they weren't But I would have loved to have A book like this that Details you know the um the path of um uh the path of the beast right or the path of of um, any of the past doesn't matter whatever past you put in your head I would love to have a book that goes into detail about this in a modern context and it sucks that you don't really have those books but I think this goes to a great length to help you to develop that for your game if you're going to include things
1: well I, and I think that would be a mistake I'll tell you why it's, it's not understanding the fact that the roads are where the paths come from.
0: Oh, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. No, and I don't, so I don't roads, mean like that. I, 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 what, what I mean is like how much um, intricacy and community goes into the roads.
1: Right, and it's, and exac- it's it, exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, so to finish that is, so you have the road. Here it is in its heyday. This is how the philosophies mm-hmm. were upheld. This is when everything was golden. This is the golden mm-hmm. age for vampires. This, this is how mm-hmm. we did our society. However, yeah. that's pre-anarch revolt. That's pre-Camarilla and Sabbat formation. Mm-hmm. When they come to the brink, which is what I refer to that as, you have just the Camarilla saying, "We only care about humanity." Right. We're now blending in. That means there will no, there will be no road talk. Right. They're, no, they're, no, no, I definitely gone. get that. Absolutely. And when they do that, then the paths and how they're written and the less detailed given is because God remember they they survived. Right. The Sabbat had to come together. And bring and people who followed a road or what have you had to step forth and kind of redefine right. how it would survive going forward. And some right. of this stuff is too detailed, right? To, to a yeah, lot of people, yeah, totally. totally and, yeah, but because of that, when you don't follow to the to the to the nines a philosophy, you're remaking another one, even though it's inspired from it. And you see that when they write the paths, and to that right. and to that, I like that because it also gives room for you, the storyteller, to have the road just like you were saying, Nate. Yeah, and then when you go to the modern, to maybe there is one or two people who remember the old ways, and you want to bring them up. But just remember, you have a road; they have a path. Yeah, and and that's the difference. And the path is like short, sweet. Get on it if you can find it. And your enemy are those who walk humanity.
0: This is a really good point because I think this is something that a lot of people tend to maybe not understand, and even me bringing it up right now what you just said, I think is very valid and very important because the roads and the paths are not the same right. and the roads. And this is like fucking light bulb moment, but obviously um, the roads were very formal. Everyone was on a road. Humanity was a road, right? That's right. important to note. Humanity was a road. The road of heaven was a road. And so in the vampiric existence in the dark ages, These were very formal organizations that all canites found themselves in at one point or another, right? It wasn't just like, I default to humanity because I was a human. Being on humanity is a road with structure, with purpose, with organization. And in the modern context, it is not. It is just the default. It has done away with all of the particulars, the ritual, everyone is different. And the paths have sort of taken Details from some of the roads and created a new way of thinking that does not fit into the predominant society of kindred who choose to hide what they are from the humans. So that's a really good point And I'm glad that we kind of were able to discuss that a little bit because even for me, it was like, oh yeah, no shit, that makes sense. <laughs>
1: uh, it's, a, it's one of those things where um, when you talk about humanity all the time, um, I, I sat there even when I was reading this again reminded of that fact for me. It was like, well, when you think about humanity, well, where, do, where do humans get it from? Well, it's just the morality that you're mm-hmm. raised with. It's the religion actually gives you morals, and it's society that adheres to them and holds them. That's why church and state are important to be separate. And uh, regardless, that formal thought of discussion and who you are, that's a core of your own experience. Now, it's also a control mechanism. Yeah, That's, that's what it's saying. You have to know the people at the top in the Camarilla are not on humanity. They're not. Right, your, right. Inner, your inner council, they predate the idea of what this is. Of course they're on roads. They were educated that way. As to what road, who knows. But they definitely aren't passing those philosophies around because they know how to control humans. You want riches. You want power. You want to be famous but or, or important in your own world. Uh, sexy, whatever it is. That's what you want. And those are all control mechanisms that if I'm at the top holding the keys to the kingdom, I can have you dance forever as long as you swear loyalty to me and uphold my ends. That's Mm -hmm. really what it is. And when the Sabbat realizes it, and when they understand that, they are quick to eliminate and devour their humanity to get onto the paths they created so that they can better oppose and defy that corruption as they would see it coming from the Camarilla.
0: So uh, here's, here's an example that I always kind of kept at the forefront of my mind about the transition from um, those that walked roads in the Dark Ages up into the Anarch Revolt and the formula, formation of the Camarilla. I always looked at um, someone like Khalid, who, um, you know, is very old, very powerful Nosferatu. And I imagine in the Dark Ages and before, he was probably on Road of Heaven and in order to join the Camarilla, they, you know, they disavowed Rhodes. They said, we all have to be this. And I, I, I look at a character like that, who, if you look at him in the original Chicago by Night, Chicago by Night, second edition, he has a very low humanity. So here I see someone who was forced to disavow a strict path that he followed in order to join what he felt was the greater good and his complete inability to function Outside of that structure as if they gave him structure or he found structure on his own through uh, road of heaven or whatever. And they were like, no, nah, you can't do that. And then he just didn't know how to function.
1: And, and, mm-hmm. I, and I truly feel that character Khalid was made before the Ashira, Right. Clearly.
0: Of course. Yeah. And, and because
1: <laughs> yeah. of that, that, that character becomes hard to digest to new, right. new people because it's like one humanity. What's going on here? Well, that's because he wouldn't have walked any other path. Right, they mm-hmm. would not fit. He was very human, very, very religious in that regard. Right. However, the character doesn't work well with the Ashira around because Khalid would just would have been Ashira,
0: right?
1: And he wouldn't have had that problem. He'd have a whole community of people who were looking out for him to help him That's follow cool. his ways and tenets, and accepted that. Right. And so it's a bit of time and maybe a little bit of insensitivity towards right. towards then, the culture you know, that for, made that character. But your point us- still holds.
0: Yeah, yeah, for for us who are storytellers, and I, I apologize if I'm interrupting you, Bob, because sometimes time. I can't hear you. So, um, and I apologize Sorry. to the listeners if I am, but uh, I, I do think that certain aspects of this game do require the more creative among us to make these little like leaps of logic to fill in the gaps for us. Like, right. you know, yeah, why why do some characters exist? Why are you know like Al Capone is a great example, and this is for another podcast, but it does behoove you if you want to enjoy this game you do have to kind of make up yourself like how does that make sense well maybe it does like this so right. yeah I don't know I, I've completely lost sight of what I was saying but yes the the, the, moving right along <laughs>
1: that happens that happens yeah.
0: it's a podcast people we meander you know sometimes we lose where we're going we try to get back on the road but i <laughs>
1: We were talking about uh, a past following and you brought up uh, just, I don't know if it sparks it again, but you brought up a college as an example of how this road switching.
0: Yeah. That's, that's where we were. Uh, uh, Yeah. Uh, It just, it just goes to show you that um, the morality is distinctly different than these roads and they're not as organized in the modern era. Humanity is just sort of the catch all. That's, that's one thing I have to tell people a lot online at games especially at larps when they're like I'm on humanity And I'm like that's not a thing you being on humanity isn't a thing it was in the dark ages because it was a road right but now it is not in a modern context it's totally different no one there's no meetings with other adherents to the path of humanity those are just meetings and, and they're about something else
1: and, 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 even, and the best way to understand that is is that you're of course you're you're humanity you're human mm-hmm. right. you're a human who was embraced no one's taught you different the road right. of humanity are vampires who uh, uphold a way of looking at what it was to be human, but make it make sense to their beast, right? right? They can accept it as vampires, and that's, it is different than than the living, right? right. And that's how, that, that we'll find that out later, but the, uh, the aspects here, Hammer Home, um, all the structure, and the way even the book this rolls out, of how one might educate and teach someone as a sponsor to an adherent, and roll forward all the way up to here. Now... Um, what we have in here also is they give you heroes that you definitely will know, right? That mm-hmm. are in this book. Uh, one of my favorites is that they accredit this entire book to Solid.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. This
1: this very road was was made possible by Solid and his sacrifices. They put it, um, his mm-hmm. martyrdom. Excuse me, is 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 what yeah. he had done. <laughs>
0: that that's the that's the key word martyrdom. That's the typical in this book.
1: And they acknowledge the Bali Wars. And how yeah. he fought them, and how he, you know, that's that's what he went to. They acknowledge Semel and mm-hmm. the fact that he was the warrior Salubri. You know, made his own way, uh, but with God's backing and help, the blooded by the code. They outlined that and his sacrifice, uh, fighting a warring with the Bali. This book acknowledges the Bali. Now, I want you to. There are three books I've read that actually go deep on, or admitting that there's there's you know definitely the Bali are a threatener here, and of course it's a Salubri book. You have the Children of Akim and this book. Right? They're just like right. this, this is what it is because they don't treat it like everybody else where it's all rumor and suspicion who the hell are those guys they're, they're like, oh no, absolutely we went to war to the steps that's <laughs> that's what you did um, They also do something else here that made uh, more than laugh because it's a great Easter egg when they talk about Michael of Constantinople yeah, right and they kind of go into his history a little bit and what he did and what happened and they talk about uh, Maria or Ma- Marie the black, Mary yeah, the black yeah. if you will. And they quickly are like, yeah, he abandoned her to the Acadians, but he lived on and went to Rome and became this godlike figure who believed he was Michael the Archangel and had a staunch belief in heaven. And accordingly martyred himself to the Queen Mary the Black so he could yep. whatever whatever the purpose is there, but that's what it is. But he's a classic example of what one can do when faith is intact. And I sat there and went, Did you just say he had <laughs> issues with the Bali? Like he was in bed with them. He allowed no, himself no. to be de right. Um, right. by them. Mm-mm.
0: You you sacrifice yourself for for the betterment of the world, right? You, th- there's a thing that they talk about in here about like latching on to demons and right. then sacrificing yourself so that those demons can't. And you're like, I, at least for me, I was like, uh, is that <laughs> is that how that works? I don't. <laughs> oh. But I get I get the perspective. It's not an issue with the writer makes perfect sense that right. this highly religious group would be like, dude, here's how we stop demons. We just make a deal with them and then kill ourselves. Right, exactly. And then they can't make deal they can't With the, make with the with same
1: deal. look of Nate having a frantic, wide eyed look as he explained and <laughs> just make a deal and then kill ourselves. It's great. Drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> right. Drink the Kool-Aid. It's like just murder
0: yourself. It's totally legit.
1: It's the way to go. Um it's all the cool kids are doing it. And uh mm-hmm. yeah, that's where this keeps up that whole mysticism. But this whole the whole point of this book I feel, is to open up the idea of, sure, there's religion, and you can follow it, and there's a God, and all religions are in it. And then that's where it's insidious, because the multiple interpretations still leave room for a dark character and, yeah. in that regard. I mean, it's I don't think there's anything more dark, in fact, than a fanatic. And that's <laughs> it's what you got, unabated, yeah. and it's, that's badass about this book. Um, talking about badass, they get into uh, the Pagan Faithful. I think a lot of people struggle with that, in particular the modern resurgence of the Wiccan faith in real life, and just how mainstreamy that's got. Very commercial, and uh, a lot of folks want to do that in game. Typically, in a Dark Ages game, they jump to it, it's like a play Leonin or something like that, <laughs> you know, or you know, I'm play Lilian because Lilian, you know, whatever it is, it's never like, oh yeah, because my character in depth. It's always because well now my faith can be real, no problem with it. And you're right, but this gives you an idea. Of what the writers had in mind about the pagan faithful in their world. And you're going to find plenty of room. Right. There was plenty of room. There's nothing taken away. You have to define... All mm. a ritual is, is a way to get you in touch with that entity that you feel really exists. Whether that entity is actually inside you, and it's just a state of peace that you enter, and you just handle shit better. Mm. Or there's actually something there that you come <clears> in touch <throat> with. That's what all rituals are. And they're personal. And yeah. If your ritual's good and it works for you and you talk about it and someone else jumps on, this is where religion comes from, right? That works yeah. for you. Yeah, the way to inner peace is that shit I've been doing up in the mountain forever. Awesome, let me do it. What's your name, by the way? To call me Buddha. I <laughs> eat a leaf a day. I'm badass. How do you got a belly, Buddha? Because maybe sometimes I don't eat just a leaf, but I'm going to tell you that leaf is tasted. Let's go. And, you know, whatever the situation is. Right. And, and that's how it comes from. And they point that out. So it's sort okay. of like back to you on how to. <laughs> I,
0: I really do appreciate, too, how they mention in here that, uh, you know, the, the faithful tend to those that are adherents of the road, regardless of what their faith is, the tendency is towards sort of mutual respect. Like, obviously, there's going to be some cultural issues, for sure. Uh, but but but, you know, they, the begrudgingly, they may even accept these pagans. However, that don't necessarily mean that's going to get you anywhere in the city that you may dwell or the region that you may dwell. You know, for instance, you might go up to um, you, you may travel to the Middle East and be a pagan and other adherents of this road may greet you with kindness and understand you have a different belief. But the ruling powers in the area aren't necessarily going to treat you any better just because you're on a road that, you know, is an accepted road. If you're a pagan. And it's a Christian land, it's a Muslim land. You may still find yourself um, by those not adherents of the road, genuinely like hunting you down because your religious beliefs are not in line with the region. For so sure. I just think it's interesting. you know, you can find an ally and a comrade in on the road, but you may not find it where you're at, so like how
1: it's put. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, walk the road, but pay attention to the land, okay? Yeah, That's right.
0: <laughs> Just be aware of where your road goes, you know. Um yeah, there's a and also the cool thing about this is there's a ton of different factions and paths um that we've the factions we've talked about at length in some of the other ones. Um, but the cool ones that are, are presented here, like the leper knights and the unblooded, I thought were a really interesting addition. Um especially with the unblooded. Um, and you talked about that earlier, Samuel, and that, that right ritual, what have you of the blooding and how that sort of disappeared with him. And now there are a group of, uh, of adherents who are essentially trying to track that down and bring that back to, um, to the road. So, and and I
1: feel that if you can't be part of the blooded in a Dark Ages game, they should never mention it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right, right. There's
1: no way, i legitimately feel that's the one it's 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 a it's a personal gripe right <laughs> they're like you know they have blooded by the code as a merit in the book and this is pales in comparison to what it actually did and i sit there and i go why bring it up if All i right. can't if i can't have it now in the day it's around what's going on and you know well, give later me cool on, stuff to take it, it away right and then they're like oh well you make it up because as we were making it up it's game breaking so <laughs> that's what I feel, but still <laughs> a cool story included in the book. And it's a, eh, it's one of those things. But Blooded by the Code is one of those things that made people want to be a Salubri warrior. Yeah, right. That rigid structure. This is a legitimate canine knight. Right. Mm-hmm. Do do good. Here's your paladins. Get your fangs. Right?
0: I mean, let's be fair. It's why people want to play Salubri anti tribute in the Sabbat in modern times because they see them as sort of those dark Avengers. You know, And who doesn't want to, you know, play that once in a while? I
1: thought that was just to kill Tremere.
0: <laughs> right. Well, That's I me. mean, if you want to boil it down, I mean, yes. When I want to uh, kill
1: Tremere, I don't go to Zemise. It's boring. Right, they have right. no omen war. But wait a minute, I could play a Brandy, You forgot about us? You killed us all? Not tonight. And you I know. mean,
0: you render it down to gravy. Yeah, it's all about killing Tremere.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you render it down to gravy. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, and the same
0: could be said. Who doesn't want to kill Tremere? I mean, I like Tremere, but who doesn't have fun smoking him?
1: So, what are the creepy derivatives? The paths of the road, right? Don't want to yep. go over it. Pa- or pass up. the path of divinity. I'm just going to discuss the ethics. think that's cool. At least plenty of room for reading. But mm-hmm. everything in road of heaven is still there, right? As usual, the paths just slightly mm-hmm. tweak them to form a different wave of thought. And in road of divinity, it says, The blood of Cain makes you superior to mortals. And that's number one where I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Right? I mean, this whole book was about unity and Seth and you know, being cool and what happened. Right. And then it says, the flock must be led, guided, and educated to fear and adore God's chosen. This rings of the road of kings. Mm-hmm. Remember their faith and belief is that Cain said X, Y, and Z? Right. And uh, they even bring that up here in this book. They discuss what the laws of Cain were. And and what it pertains to the road and why they're there and they're definitely followed in road of heaven, right. but it's weird how this path is like no it's basically we're the road of kings and we agreed to be in the road of heaven, right? It's what it felt like and it's the spread of the worship of canines increases and spreads the worship of God. So you have to go and evangelize, yeah. Is what this is. It's your duty to mention to everybody what you are and what you're about, and still right. tell them we're better than mortals. Remember that. Lead right. them, guide them, educate. But fear is a part of that.
0: (laughs) Right, Right, absolutely. (laughs) Um, But you know that uh, like, people need to know, like the reason why this one is kind of like, what? It's because it is heretical. It is the the canine heresies path of enlightenment. It's so, yeah, it's very different. And the rest of the the road is like, nah, these bitches, these are no good. But it is that derivative path. And I enjoyed
1: Um, the cheekiness of it non-faithful Canites ultimately walk the path to damnation. Like, these guys walk around and they're like, of course we're going to destroy them. They're just going to be damned anyway. Right. <laughs> God wills it. Isn't that what you say, Christian?
0: Right?
1: Right. <laughs> That's what, and I'm like, hmm, interesting. And then it mentions his Shira follow them with the Christian arm in arm. That's terrifying. Right? I mean, if mm-hmm. you think about it, you're, what you're saying is, is that uh, uh, imagine suddenly the Catholics got along with those of Muslim faith and Islam and Catholics are awesome. And they're arm in arm. It's the same god. We're happy. We're all people of the book. Cool. What does it say for everyone not? These are the people spilling blood by the thousands over who's right and who's wrong. Suddenly they lock arms and turn around and say, well, if you're not now, you never will be.
0: Better hide your wife. Hide your children.
1: Right. That's, that's, woo. It's a terrifying concept. (laughs) This one I didn't get. Martyrdom. It's it's hard for me to think of martyrdom when it's the selfish creature that a vampire is. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, martyrdom? No way. Like, I have children that can go first. I could throw servants, you know. You know, Becky didn't like me that much. And, you know, fucking Kathy's only blood-bound to me, so she can go. You know, <laughs> why, right. why me? Why I have to be the martyr? And that's, that's kind of the point of the whole path, right?
0: Right. It comes back down to that thing we were talking about earlier about, like, well, if I just wrap my fangs into this demon's throat and then just kill us both... <laughs> Hey, there's no more evil from that guy, so I'm good to go. Uh yeah, it takes it's a pretty hardcore perspective.
1: And it's one that uh it's appropriate that they have a Salubri kinda leading the the picture for it because yeah. this is exactly where it comes from. That's where the origins come from are Salubri Warriors, right? And uh the fact that they felt that their creation was to get rid of uh the uh, the Bali and when that's, and all demons, and when that's done, they're done. They right. vampires don't need to be here. But if we are here, we believe we're here to take this evil out. Yeah, it's dope, but hardcore. Yeah, uh, it
0: uh, looks like it would be a very challenging road to play, very challenging path to play on that road. So
1: put it this way: not um, shedding a tear, it's gone. Not one. <laughs> which, <laughs> which is
0: totally true because uh, if wh- when we get to the V twenty Dark Ages, th- there's going to be a very different perspective on this road. Um, I was reading about that today. I uh, to, to, to be totally honest, like I haven't played Dark Ages uh, 20th Anniversary Edition, but yeah, I know they're very different. So um, yeah, moving right along, we get into the customary, the disciplines. Um, the one interesting thing in the disciplines, um, and it, maybe not the one interesting thing, but the thing that stuck out to me was this Asomite sorcery path. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you went through that too much, but it is very interesting. Um, and it's a it's an interesting path that essentially at varying levels, it curses mortals or canites or whoever with various aspects of the vampiric curse. Um, whether that is inability to go out into the sun, the hunger, um, just like at the first level you're, you're sort of cursing them with a distrust where people just don't want to be around them because, they sort of exude the same menace of the undead. I, I think it's a very interesting and obscure uh, path of um, of thaumaturgy. It,
1: yeah. It's it's weird yeah. and cool at the same time. I like yeah. the idea that it's sorcery, uh, estimate sorcery, but the duration of curse effects. Right, the mechanics work well. Yeah, and in, in what they do as well, and uh, that's that's in, in, It's not overpowering, but it's spice. Right? Yeah. It lets, lets you know that if you walk this path, this is one of the things you do. You There are people in the Asherah who have this. Their powers are different. And here's one of the derivatives of it. I thought that was very smart of them to include that little little extra. Mm-hmm. I will also point out, this is the book that let me go, oh yeah, if you're on a road and follow it well, it can be deadly for others who are not <laughs> right. on the road. When I saw right. that righteous gaze combo discipline, I, I just shat the, I just shook my head. That's all I could do. I mean, it's out there. I'm shocked not many people mention it. Now, naturally, you have to be an adherent in this path to have it. Right. But it was jacked. It was the fact that you can look at someone, and it's your faith in the road and their lack of it. Right? So right. You're, the power is aggravated damage on the look, folks. That's what we're talking about. So it's the equivalent of I could set you on fire from within because of your shame and not being as good right. or as strong on the on the road as I am. And it's a glance, and it's not designed to kill. It's literally not. It's it's supposed to be sort of a a pen, a penance for uh yeah. for a contrition, if you will. For for stuff that you do. So you go see a confessor, you tell the confessor how you messed up, but you told the confessor you would never make this mistake again, please forgive me. What you did was not that, and you're coming back a second time, they might give you the righteous gaze. <laughs> right <laughs> we're not going to talk about this you're done you did the same thing you admit right. you lied before god three egg uh, uh, that's the point and i was like oh man that really does and always hammer home how serious this group is
0: right uh, the same thing with this path uh, echoes of Allah's wrath yeah. um it's like how powerful or how potent the the the, the magics you do are dependent on your, uh, your level on that road and how potent you are on that road. And I think that that's an awesome rule. I really, uh, I, I think it's very, I, I like it. I think it's, it's totally awesome. I think they should have done more of that. Um, I think, you know, how righteous you are on your road should impart some power or reward in that regard.
1: When we get to Requiem and we discuss the Belial's Brood, Mm-hmm. You're going to remember this moment, mainly because I said, weirdly, remember Belial's bird. <laughs> but they have their own book, and a lot of it is based on, okay, what's the power of a vampire? What's the inherent power of the beast? The Sabbat talk about it all the time. There's no added rules for frenzy for the Sabbat. Being on a path does really give them anything more than anyone else. What's the, what's the point? That's because they were bound by the rules they already made, and they mm-hmm. didn't really change or update them. And it changes when you get direct them when you deal with Belial's bird. And you start thinking of the beast in another facet, right? They dig deep in it. What makes it super cool? Here, it is still cool. Don't let me take away from it, as as everyone listens and knows. But what I promise you is, is that what you just said, Nate, is not lost on them. The fact that that's cool, it's like they put a pin in it. Right. And had an idea for later on, making that more robust without having to change everything they already did.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, So... Um, bunch of cool merits and flaws. I won't get into those. That's right. It's, it, it is there. what it is. and of course, they talk about relics just the same way that they have with all of the other road. Oh,
1: you know we said uh, that there's there's one merit I wanted to bring up, one seven point: merit. Which one?:
0: Oh redeemed? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I thought.:
1: <laughs> I thought that was yeah. badass. I really did. It's a seven point merit that's cool because ultimately is a story. right. That's all it is. It's someone who walks the road that is pure. And accordingly, you know you're in God's love because true faith doesn't work on you. You're not harmed by going to holy sites or having relics. You're just, you're a good person. You're doing good, you're doing good. However, every violation of your path is a risk to losing that merit. Yeah. Right? And it's like, if you're a player truly looking to have that difference as to what makes you cool on this road, that's a great merit to have that doesn't harm anything for you to do it. Right? Sure, it's an advantage when rarely that true faith thing comes up, but it's a reason to have it and a good story filler. Which right. Is what, what and and you
0: know, it's be. a, uh, I think the, the, the subject of true faith can come up a lot more in a dark ages context, for sure. I don't want to say it doesn't come up in modern times, but I feel like you have to make a, a point of bringing that into your game. Whereas with dark ages, you're much more likely to encounter those with a greater, deeper faith. So for sure
1: we get through all that. And uh, of course, no book of this caliber is good without relics. And, uh, or I like to call it, game enders um there are relics in this book that i just went what
0: (laughs) right well you know just like every other one of these books there's like hey here's a relic we don't know where it's at nobody does this is Uh, not nobody has it
1: not a critique in the author right at all i think bravo for putting in the book i'd applaud if it didn't sound annoying and cliched on the on the mic here i think it's awesome they're in here but when you're reading them the cup of christ it's whatever Here's some idea of what it could be. You know, we pointed out in books. You know, saw what it was. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Where to go? You decide. And that's where it right. is. Hey, you ever wondered why Gabriel was so cool? That's because he played a, he played a mean trumpet. He <laughs> came <laughs> down to heaven and was like do, 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 do. And God was like, hey, I gotta put mortals here. It's done. <laughs> Knock it off.
0: Stop doing jazz.
1: And Gabriel was like, but I I like my trumpet. Gabriel, leave it behind and get back to heaven and eat your eat your supper. <laughs> Right, and they have, they draw Gabriel perfect. He's standing there like son of a bitch. There's
0: my trumpet. Just gonna leave this trumpet
1: here. Just gotta leave it. Oh, I dare you to touch my trumpet. <laughs> and they're like, "Well, why did God leave it there?" And everyone's like, "Well, is it? It's for mortals to find, so they can determine when it's time to end the world." I think I think we shouldn't touch it. And it leads you to believe that there's like a group of, of road of heaven to hear. It's not us. We're like the trumpets just over there. I mean, we could blow it, right. but <laughs> I mean, we're not right. mortals. If we blow, we'll just turn to ash, right? I don't know, would we? I don't know. Jedekiah, you want to take a test at it? I mean, you're kind of bold. Nope, sure don't. No, nah, we're good. Um, any mortal want to blow the trumpet? We have to tell them what's important. Well, let's test it. Okay, thief, we paid you gold. We want you to go over there and blow in the trumpet. But remember, that's Gabriel's trumpet. When it announced it, it ends the world. And that thief goes, then what's the point of the gold you just gave me? <laughs> well, we couldn't have predicted that. I guess we're a strike. We're zero for ten, Right. That's okay. right? I love it. I love it there's all sorts of things in here that just kind of kind of roll over that, that inspire you to be like, that's a whole story into itself.
0: Right. Yeah. There's a ton of cool stuff. Um, you know, and, uh, uh, of course we have the, um, customary 10 characters, um, uh, which, you know, we won't get into that's for you. Um, yeah, that's, that's really, I mean, you know, at the end of the book, of course they have the, um, luminaries like important members of, of the road, uh, important adherents rather of the road, we have our good old mainstay Anatole and uh, um, some other ones. I think uh, you can read those yourself. You know, introduce those characters as you see fit. It's not anything out of the ordinary. All these books have that um, bunch of cool stuff at the end. Um, yeah, anything else you wanted to get into on that?
1: Yeah, I would say that Anatole is uh, is a character I liked out of this book in this in this version of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't really, I don't think I ever understood the character Anatole, honestly, truth be told. Before you understand why they do what they do, well, let's let's be honest. You're an author. You're able to make up what someone does and really don't need to justify it to anybody. You just know for your usage, that's what it is. And for me, that put me at odds with a lot of characters. I think everybody who reads is the same way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is for me. When I read Anatole before, it was like, right, great. The crazy Mount Caving gets visions. No one cares. Moving on. But as that character kind of has evolved since we've been going over it, I've been like, hmm. Th- read this book, and he's on the cover as well. I was right. like, I get it. I totally get it. He completely believes in the divine madness that he's receiving. And I only say madness because I don't even think he fully trusted what it was until he does. And then once right. he did, that's when things started picking up for this character in a great plot device for it. And Road of Heaven highlights how that doesn't mean he's good.
0: Right, right, right. Right. It That's, does
1: uh, not mean he's good. And reading this whole book, I was like, "Oh, perfect. Okay, great, because even I had a prejudice. Like you're on road to heaven." Great. Yeah, all right. Well, call me when the wafers are there. You're running low and you need more wine. And we'll go over. There. I'm moving on, right? And I should have been right. slapped. Like it just <laughs> should have been like, "Can you read? Can you read, please?" and just and just do that. And after reading it, totally changed my opinion.
0: Cool. Uh, I've always liked that character. Um, So I've liked certain parts of that character. I, I liked how kind of folded out in the original sort of end of the story um, with revised. Um, But yeah, so that's road of heaven. And uh, I think good book. I think uh, I really enjoyed it. I think it's um, I, I definitely, I will say in the, what we've reviewed so far, I, I like it better than, Road of the Beast. And I would say I like it equally on par with Road of Kings. I think, uh, uh, but I think there's a bit more interesting story that can be told out of Road of Heaven. That's just my, my perceptions on it. But yeah, I thought it was a good book.
1: I like them all, but take his in depth. I'm easy. <laughs> the roads are badass. You, you read them, know your origins, to know it's creativity. Anything that sparks that creativity in me is always going to be a winner. And that, that yeah. book does its job.
0: And, you know, it's not an overly long book. You know, it's like 95, 96 pages or whatever. So um, it's a relatively easy read, um, just like most of the other ones, but a wealth of information. Spoils of War, it's uh, it's a companion piece to the Rite of Prince's book. But as far as I know, it is a strictly vampire book. So
1: And an incredibly dry read. I'll warn everyone now. Um, it's definitely going to be a mechanics book. I know that. I've used it. And uh, when you when you look at that, we'll be talking a lot about things that you may not know, and we'll go from that perspective. You
0: yeah, know, we'll because... do our best to kind of keep it lighthearted and entertaining. I guess we'll wrap up the podcast. Yeah, yeah, seems like a good idea. Well, uh, thank everybody. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Yeah, a little scatterbrained today. You know, apologize for that. Hope it was still an enjoyable podcast. Everybody, be safe, be sane, be healthy, and uh, we'll be back with you next week. Till then, I'm Nathan, and I'm Bob. Thank you for listening to 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. If you like our podcast and you'd like to help support our show, consider backing us at patreon.com forward slash 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. We offer reward tiers of additional Patreon-only podcasts, t-shirts, and personalized gaming experiences. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and go to our website, utilitymuffinlabs.com for links to all of our social media, additional podcasts, and more. If you'd like to chat with us, submit a title for review, promote your gaming-related stuff or anything else you can think of, email me at Nathan at UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Utility Muffin Labs, consistently rated adequate.